Well, Ben and I have the privilege of talking with you for a few minutes. This will be very practical as a way to help you think about the year that's ahead of us. I'm a big believer in spending time reflecting and goal setting and all kinds of, well, not all kinds of things, but I love just reflecting on my year and then planning for the year ahead. Something I've had a chance to do over Christmas, so I, I'm as ready to go as I can be for 2022. I'm looking forward to talking with you about some of the things that I'm learning and having been, been shared in a few minutes as well. I want to tell you a story about a lady that I've heard of, I've known about her for years, but I just reread the story not too long ago. It's Florence Nightingale's story. How many of you are familiar with her? Maybe you heard the name, and uh, it's an incredible story. So in February 7, 1837, let's go back a few years, she, and she was 16 years old, and at 16, she received a call, what she calls this call upon her life. What was she called to do? Well, she was really, the calling was a calling to serve and to go and help those who really needed her help. At the time, there were wars going on. The, the health situation for those that were ill and injured was quite atrocious. And she felt this calling to go and make a difference and change the way things were done. So that was at 16 years old. But the problem was she was in this very cozy incubator of a family where back in the day she was in a wealthy family and the expectations on her were women don't go out and do those kinds of things they stay home they have babies they don't make a ruckus in the world so she and her mother was very adamant you can't do that that's you're going to kill us all if you leave this family call this call so she Listen to these, these words and this doubt and, and the people that said, you can't do this. This is just not right for a woman to go and do this. And that went on for some 16 years. And definitely she was scared, but actually fear held her back, held her back from serving and actually following this call. During that time, she did some preparation. And then 16 years later, she said, she took what, what some people will call, one person called a terrifying leap. She walked away from her life of ease midst this chorus of demands and doubts and a family that thought that she was murdering their happiness. There's quite a phrase, eh? But she went and she said yes to this call to serve those that needed her and needed this help. Within one year, so she, from the time she actually leaped she was scared, but she went ahead and left anyways. That's a word. Left is left word. Within one year of leaving the safety of her home and family, she was setting up field hospital, hospitals for wounded troops in Crimea. The conditions were horrendous at the time. Men died in the halls of buildings and on the decks of ships for lack of beds. Rats stole food from their plates. The rations were unsuitable. The doctors were incompetent. It was everything her parents had tried to prevent her from actually going and making a difference. It was enough, actually, to scare away many brave public servants, but not Florence. She was scared 
but she didn't let this fear paralyze her and keep her from following this all away. The fear of rejection, the fear of going against her family's wishes and doing what no woman was doing back in that day. She did pay a price. I mean, she contracted the Crimean fever, it was called, and stayed with her the rest of her life. So she paid a huge price. But the, the difference that she made with her obedience and with this response was truly incredible. It was the impact of her life and her work, her innovations, her pioneering ways that helped create systems to care for the sick and those that needed the help. Her work continues to benefit anybody now who actually goes into a hospital 180 years later. They're still reaping the rewards of the service that she did as a woman. The Red Cross actually had its roots in her work. Her mother said, we are ducks who have hatched a wild swan. She was actually wrong. Her parents actually had launched an eagle that had soared high above everyone else and made huge difference. She wrestled with fear and doubt, but she stepped forward in the face of that fear to serve, to follow that calling. Each of us receives our own call. Now, it's going to look very different from Corinth. But each of us are invited by God to serve in some way. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's somebody that they're just so discouraged because of what's been going on that your call to serve may be within the life of one other person. Or it may be a vocation, or it may be something grand or, or global. We're all called to serve, to take a risk, to challenge the status quo in our lives, to step out of that boat, and to respond to the invitation that God gives us to serve, to follow that call to rise above our station, to do what some people may say is impossible. That's the invitation that we have as we step into 2022. Ben's going to come and look at a passage with us and keep this conversation going. So, uh, so Cam and I have hung the, the whole talk on this question of how is God inviting inviting you? So we're kind of actually directing it towards like you and your own, you and how you understand yourself. How is God inviting you to grow and serve in, in throughout 2022? And this is a this is a practical question, right? But it's also it happens to be an ancient question, too. So the passage that we're turning to today is uh, Philippians, and it's Paul speaking to the church of Philippi taking them down the same line of questioning of what like what type of people are we becoming? He's, he's not referring to them taking on a new year, but generally as a community, he's asking, what are the type of people that you are becoming? So Philippians is a, it's a popular book, and I thought for fun we could throw up uh, a few different verses, juicy popular verses, that will remind you guys of kind of the content of this book. So maybe throw up the first one. I can do all this if it gives me strength. That, that's not a familiar one, right? Uh, I think there's even an athlete, John Jones, a UFC fighter, that has that written across his chest. How about the next one? Oh, yeah, this is it. For me, the live is Christ and the die is gain. I've heard that one all throughout my life. Another one? 
I'm not saying this because I'm in need, but I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances. That's another like, heavy hitter. So the, the context of this letter, it's, it's interesting and it's, it's unique and impactful um, when we recognize it because Paul is saying these comments from when he's in, from when he's in prison. So his words have all kinds of more significance. So when he just said, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances, that's him chilling in a prison cell saying that, learning how to be content. Um, additionally, the Church of Philippi existed in a, in a Roman colony. And as I was researching, I discovered this, but the Roman colony was filled with uh, retired Roman soldiers who were, and apparently like the, the culture that, that, that those people breathed was one of patriotic nationalism. So you can kind of imagine some of the attitudes that would probably be seeping into that church that Paul would want to address in this letter um, from a community that its whole history is retired soldiers. So I wanted to move through five, five verses this morning, just five, and um, ask a few questions of them. And uh, yeah, do it together. So let's, let's jump in. So Philippians 3, 12 to, 12 to 16. So not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for, of that for what Christ Jesus took hold of me. So when I'm, I'm reading that, I immediately have a question come to my mind is, what is all this and, and what is this goal? And I think what Paul means here is what he, what he comments in just a few verses before in verse 10. And what he's referring to is, is the resurrection or the, the resolution of all things when, when evil doesn't exist anymore. And he's, he's talking about it in like a, a really simple way. And he thinks that something that is to come, this resolution is going to come and it's going to be initiated by something that's not in his control. But then it's also something that he can obtain right now. And I think even just a metaphor to, to get a little bit more clarity on it would be um, if you're building a house and you were equipped to build a house, you anticipated building a house, you were longing to have the house built, you had a vision in your mind of what the house is going to look like. And um, you, can, you can then participate in that building of that house. But he, Paul said that by following Jesus that we see that end come that resolution of, of all things. So he moves on. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. And this is this is coming from Paul. So he's like a, a seasoned athlete. And he doesn't even think that he's taken hold of this resolution yet. And he's saying to this community, uh, nor has anyone taken hold of this resolution, and nor have you either. So he's setting this really high bar, a really high bar, and uh, N.T. Wright's a scholar, and he says to this point, he's, uh, Paul is coming up against some spiritual snobbery in that community. And I don't know if that's connected to the culture at all, but it's an interesting point. Um, so the next verse, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for what God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And Paul's using athletic language which is interesting. You see like a, a goal and to win the prize. Um, there's, there's this sense of movement, and even, even one of competition. And I think it can be a felt sense of movement. He thinks that he actually has personal agency and responsibility to see this resolution come about. Verse 15, all of us then who are mature to take such a view of, take such a view of things, sorry, 
All of us who are mature should take such a view of things that if on some point you think differently, that too God will make it clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already think. And that, I think verse 16 is a bit of like a humbling, a humbling one called with humility. And it's to say like, know your, know your station in this, in seeing this resolution come about. So don't, don't think that you're a spiritual guru when you're just starting out. But instead, just be honest and have some sober judgment about where you're at and, and what you need. So finally, I think the premise of this, this letter, it's, it's one of encouragement, but also a challenge to this community to consider their lives as, uh, as reenactments of the Jesus story, that they are followers of Jesus propelling this story forward. And he's telling them, don't get caught up in this kind of esteemed Roman culture around you, but instead... Be people that are um, willing to uh, be transformed by, by Jesus and to be humble humble and convicted enough to actually serve and love in the way the, the person that they call master did. That's my bit, Kim. Okay. Thanks, Ben. It's a great uh, passage. And I think just to make the connection, when we think about Flores' story and Paul, I see two people that were called to serve. And when we look at what Paul says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward, forgetting what's behind. To me, his call was to serve Christ and to make him known to the world in which he lived. And in a very similar but obviously different way, what he left behind was quite incredible, that whole Pharisaic kind of way of doing things, which he, which he referenced earlier in that chapter, that he was saying goodbye to all that and embracing all that Christ had in store for him as a servant of Christ. And that's where I want to help us to bring this down to an application as we think about how do we, what's our one thing this maybe this next year, as we think about serving Christ, responding to this invitation to serve with him. And I like that whole idea of we're not called to work in our own strength to do things for God. We are called to do it in his strength, and we're called to join with him in what he's doing. So it's up to us to figure out what in the world God are you up to in my world that I can join you in and get involved in. One of the things that, that I do on a regular basis, and some of you, I know this because I've talked to some of you about this, you've done this as well, it's, it's coming up with a theme or uh, a word for your year and letting that be a little bit of a guiding light. How many of you have ever done that? You've done that from time to time? Okay. And some of you have done it. Do you have a word for this year? Anybody have a word for 2022 yet? Those of you that do this. Okay. I've got a word. I'm not saying that. Um, that's great. I'm just saying I have a word. <laughs> Don't look at me because I have a word. And it's an interesting process because as I reflect on what I'm saying today and my own look at 2022, it's very much about how can I serve God this year? And I've really tried to make that connection for me. And I had a word originally which wasn't resonating. And I think the reason was it was my effort to do something so that I could be this person that I wanted to be. So I let go of that word and I've come up with my with a new word. And I just, just as an illustration, 
The word that I come up with for 2022 is new. N-E-W. I know that could, you can spell that many different ways. J-N-U. That's not it. It's not K-N-E-W. It's new. So it's what's new. And, and I have actually, and I think a good practice I've followed is I found a verse that helps that to be anchored in what is God saying to me? And the verse that, that came to me this last week was Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Almost sounds like a little bit like uh, Philippians here. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So that's how I want to serve is I want to be looking for the new and get involved in the new project or the new relationship or the new idea that I need to learn or the new growth that needs to happen in my life to changes that need to be new that God is really a part of. I heard a great quote. It was, distractions are the enemy of greatness. One of the things I think that helps us when we have this, when we take, it's okay, it's not up there. It wasn't, just imagine Here's a scripture. This, this one thing I do, you know what that actually is doing is that creates focus so that you actually keep your mind on your main thing because there are distractions all around us. The one that is my huge distraction is this phone, right? Like I get up in the morning and okay, what's happened overnight that I'm missing? So I'm going to check the news or Oh yeah, there's this little game I'm playing on there. It's really cool, this little game. But I'm in the middle of trying to focus and figure out what I'm supposed to do today and I get distracted. But I think it's true in life is that if we don't know what we are to be about, if we don't know what it, how is it that God wants me to serve, and if we're not clear on that, we will allow a thousand things to distract us and to take us in other kinds of directions. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the year, we think, Okay, what exactly did I get done or did I make a difference this year? And that's where I think this ability to focus on the one thing I think is so helpful for us. So the question again for you, Ben and I have been asking this a couple different couple different ways, is how is God inviting you to serve him in 2022? And I want to give you a simple way to think about this. And if you're up to doing a little bit of homework, that's actually the only way that this is going to make any difference. <laughs> I mean, I, I would really encourage you to be thinking about this, go home maybe today or this week and just kind of reflect on some of these questions and just see what God reveals to you as you look ahead to 2022. And in anticipation that it will be better than 2021, it will be different than 2021. We don't know how much better it's going to be, but if we are focused in the way that God wants us to serve him, that in and of itself brings its own delight and brings its own sense of joy and satisfaction, regardless of the circumstances. Difference between joy and happiness. I think happiness is based on circumstances, right? Joy, I think, is based on purposeful living. Knowing, you know, it's an inside job. And I think having a focus as to how you and I are going to serve does result in joy in the midst of 
some challenging days that we know are ahead of us, but we can still really enjoy life from that sense, as Paul describes it in Philippians, which, by the way, Philippians, the word joy and the whole idea of rejoicing is all throughout that book, in spite of some pretty challenging circumstances. Okay, so three simple ideas. Those of you that like simple outlines and handbooks, look inward, look upward, and look outward. These are the three things I want you to think about. Look inward. This is where an exercise that I've done that you can do as well is just ask yourself some simple questions about in terms of a, a determining how you are to serve. So here's, a couple, here's three questions I thought. What needs to change in my life and why? You could ask yourself that question. What needs to change in my life and why? Is it an attitude? Is it something that is uh, holding you back or whatever? But what is it, an attitude or thought or you need to learn something? What needs to change in your life and why? First question. Second question is, what's keeping personal growth from happening in your life? So what needs to change in your life and why is that? What's keeping personal growth from happening? What are the barriers? What are the distractions? What are, what's the maybe the mindset that's holding you back from actually growing, learning the new ideas, learning the new skills, learning, you know, getting experience in, a, in those areas where you really want to serve. And I think that's what Florence was doing during those 16 years. She was starting to practice and she was preparing for when she actually took the lead because she faced all kinds of obstacles once she actually got into the field. That the only way she was able to put up with some of these, I mean, that the bureaucracy was breathing down her, down her neck and all kinds of things. She had prepared herself during those 16 years to be ready for when her opportunity. So what's keeping you from the personal growth required for you to serve in the way that you're imagining God wants you to serve? And then third question is, what needs to go? So what mistakes you need to let go of? What pain you need to process? What bitterness? Or what paralyzing fears? Are there any should have, could have, done it? Oh, well, how's it going? That was a bad attempt. <laughs> <laughs> should have, could have, would have. That's what I'm trying to say. Are there any of those kind of hanging around that are keeping you, that are, that are holding you back from stepping into your service and being scared? But doing it anyways, not letting fear paralyze. So that's look inward. Secondly, look upward. Ask God to show you what does He want you, how does He want you to serve? And if it's if it's as simple as a, a word, or maybe it's a phrase, or maybe it's an image, a picture of yourself doing something that He will reveal to you. One of the words I was talking to somebody, uh, you're in this room, but I won't point them out. We're talking about this finding a metaphor for your life. What's, what's a metaphor that can help describe your purpose? And the one that this person came up with was sage. Now, sage, yes, is a plant, but sage is also someone that has wisdom and experience and comes alongside people and encourages them and, and helps impart into their lives the support and the hope that they need. And that was the metaphor that they had for their life. So maybe for you, it's in 2022, what's the metaphor? Are you a lighthouse? Are you a sage? Are you a bridge? You know, are you a, are you a nurse? Are you a, a healer? Are you an encourager? Uh, that could be the way that you want to go with that. 
But just ask God to show you. Sit quietly, go for a walk. Find a way for you to be able to hear what is it. And when I did that and listened, that's where this whole idea of new. I wanted this to be a new year. That's what I sensed God was really saying to me. Some changes that I want to make, some growth I want to make that really ties in with that. And I think I said this earlier, but, you know, Paul, he was transitioning from, he was forced, he was a forceful Pharisee crushing Christians. God radically changed him, got a hold of him, and he became this soft daughter of soft. I'm trying to look for these alliterations. He was a sincere, laser-focused servant who was on a mission for Jesus. He was that servant. So look upward, just listen, and, and God, how do you want me to serve? And maybe you'll start to imagine the people. Is it the people in your family, your neighborhood, the place, place where you work or wherever it is? And then the third one is look outward. Who can help you this year step into your serving work? We cannot do this alone. I can't live out my calling, my serving calling alone. And that's, the, and that's one of the things that I so appreciate about this community. When I think about, I've looked back over these years and the, the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs, it's, it's together that we are able to change the world. Yes, as individuals, we must say yes. We must literally get out of the boat or, or face our own fears and move into stuff when we're scared. But we, when we do it together, what a huge difference that makes. Then we, one person's having a down day, and now somebody else is surely to have a good day. And they can sort of pick us up and, and encourage us and support us in the challenge. And, and I don't know about you, this has been a tough year, a couple of years for a lot of people. We get a bit isolated. We're a little bit kind of doing stuff on our own. We're trying to figure things out. And more than ever, I think 2022 needs to be a year when we look outward and we look for ways to support each other, to live out our service in a world that so desperately needs our love and our kindness and our generosity and all the things that we can bring to the world in our schools in our you know public places and restaurants and in neighborhoods and and wherever you and i find ourselves we need to do it together and it's way more fun <laughs> so that's your challenge to Respond with a yes to God's invitation to be in service for him and with him in 2022. And if you need any encouragement, by all means, I'd love to talk with you more about this or for anybody else here from New Heights that kind of looks like they might be able to help you, just look around. We can help each other. And let's, if you want to talk about it further or uh, I want to kind of work this through. For sure, I'm, I'd love to talk to you more about that. But uh, let's encourage each other as we step into this year. You know, I'm excited about 2022. And I know that there's going to be moments when we're thinking, are you kidding me? But that's okay. My motto, I've learned to create this motto. It's changed over the years through some adversity. My motto, one of them is, hope for the best. But plan for the worst. 
because it could happen. And I think that's a good balance approach. And so let's uh, let's step, let's look inward, look upward, look outward as we serve together and find ways to make a difference in our world. Let me pray for Thank you, Father, for this opportunity you, you give to us to serve the people in those places, in the ways that you have gifted us and called us to serve. Thank you for examples that we can look to for inspiration, like Florence Nightingale, and like Paul, and, and like the many other people that have gone before us. And even as we look around us, we see so much inspiration in the lives of our brothers and sisters who, who are living lives of service to you. And I pray that you will give us a, a fresh perspective of what that looks like for 2022. Lead us in the direction you want us to go. And I want to give you all the praise. I want to give you the thanks and gratitude that you are going to go with us. You've already gone ahead of us. You come behind us and you work within us to make this possible. In Jesus' name I pray.